Blog Talk Radio.
Peace and blessings and love. No doubt the kingdom of love I've been talking about in this process of opening of the way. It's a book that I've come across that has some serious information in it. Last week, I don't know what happened. I got so caught up in a situation to where I totally forgot about the show, and I do apologize for those who haven't been listening, but I tell you this. I am going to jump into this today, doing the reading and giving you my comments as we proceed. We were talking about the consciousness in man out of the portion of the book called Soul and Consciousness. So with that being said, we are going to rock into this thing with this section called the human triad. And it reads as follows. Man has three levels of consciousness. The automaton, permanent witness, the spiritual witness. This is from the book, The Opening of the Way, in the section, Soul and Consciousness. A Practical Guide to the Wisdom Teachings of that which we bring this week. For I am King, Giver and Receiver of a Deeper Wisdom. I honor the Divine in you and those who have come before us. Only operate in this manner through that which lives, moves, and has its being in me, through me, as you and me. We are live. The human triad. Man has three levels of consciousness. The automaton, permanent witness, and the spiritual witness. The automaton is the mortal being, physical, emotional, and mental. When the mental faculties become developed, the innate or instinctive consciousness is usually to sleep and ceases to be perceptible by its owner. In that case, he is controlled by the working of his organic functions and by the nervous, emotional, and cerebral reactions which their appetites provoke. The creature is an automaton because it is controlled by the mutual reactions of these parts and by the exterior influences which act upon it at every moment of its existence. Influences such as country, family, relatives, education, laws, customs, and many others. Time to clear my throat. Uphold the law? What is that? What is that? When people don't even come to the comprehension of understanding that there are 50 primary universal laws, and in truth, there are over 400 universal laws that are applied to us, which we in Unfortunately, because we are limited in our consciousness, we only operate in maybe 12 of these universal laws, such as polarity, the law of attraction, things of that sort. As I was observing an individual the other day when I was taking care of some property 
I noticed that there are people who will see that another person is working. And out of respect for the person who is working, they will cross the street, do something to adjust the path of which they were walking on. But then there are those who I call automatons. The reason why I use that term is because they have a conditioned mindset of which they have decided that this is a path that I need to walk or these are the instructions that I must follow. And they cannot step outside of that because they're locked in. It's no other way. It's unfortunate, but it's true. Sometimes these people are be they become so distracted that they will literally walk into a hole in the ground. What I'm saying is manhole cover can be open. And because these people are so caught up in whatever it is that they're programmed to do, it's necessary to have something to block the manhole cover that's open so that no one will walk into the hole. It's just the way it is. I've seen on a video where people have been so distracted by their phone, they were walking along and did not recognize that there was a, a shallow pool. It was a fountain of which they gave no thought to and continued walking and walked right into the pool, shocked. And it was shocking to see. Sometimes these things happen and people will be affected because of it. So let us continue with the reading. The next paragraph reads as follows. Normally, when a man has not undergone a methodical training with a view to becoming aware of his states of consciousness, they develop or atrophy unnoticed, except, of course, his brain consciousness, which never allows itself to be forgotten. Thus, he is controlled by his physical, mental, and emotional reactions over which he has no check other than the explanations offered him by the five senses and the brain. Are, however, two witnesses to the existence of this intellect automaton. There are, however, two witnesses to the existence of this intelligent automaton. And these are the two non-mortal states of consciousness. These two witnesses record, generally unnoticed by the automaton, the impressions which affected, and both provoke reactions whose origin and value are unknown to the automaton. That there are two can be seen from the personal and impersonal quality which distinguishes the evidence they offer and the purposes for which they offer it we can then speak of two witnesses. The permanent witness has the aspect of the personality. It has the same cycle and personal rhythm reinforced by its inherited and astral characteristics. And the conditions of its incarnation have been determined by affinity of rhythm and by the karmic necessities of its 
evolution. Sidebar, quick note. This may be deep for a lot of people, and rightly so. But let me explain what I'm capturing of this. Here when it says the permanent witness has the aspect of the personality, it has the same cycle and personal rhythm, reinforced by its inherited and astral characteristics for the conditions of its incarnation have been determined by affinity of rhythm and by the karmic necessities of its evolution. Each of us come into this experience of this earth dimension for a reason and a purpose connected to spirit energy as soul beings each of us have a soul and if you have not heard me say it before I will say it again sometimes a person will say that person has no soul because of the things that they would do so they have an affinity to doing things that are abnormally bizarre, not in alignment with what we would accept as social norms. But people have to evolve. Those souls that are not evolved will do things that are contrary to life, love, and the pursuit of happiness not only for themselves, but for others as well. Unfortunately, this is true in many respects, and it has to be identified and recognized as a reality, and there's nothing we can do about it. So let us continue with the reading. Now, I'm going to help you through some of this the best I can. And that which I'm unable to help you with, I will bring further information as we continue to go forward for terminology that this book may bring forth that we may need further information on. Page 34 reads as follows. This witness is the Osirian element in man and must undergo renewal, renewal, renewal through the cycles of becoming. As such, it desires the continuation of personal experience. This is what we call the permanent witness. Sidebar, I was listening to Miles Monroe, and interestingly enough, he had shared what was found in the book of Revelations when God spoke of Adam doing his work, and work was not a job. Work came from a term, a word, that actually meant becoming. Here, we can enter into that word, becoming. So this paragraph read as follows. This witness is the Osirian element in man. Of course, we're going to have to look into what Osirian element is. But we'll continue. Renewal through the cycles of becoming. As such, it desires the continuation of personal experiences. So, what I'm capturing here is through personal experiences, we work ourselves into becoming what we ought to be. Because we all have purpose. And in this life form, our soul purpose will work itself to that place when connected 
into the spiritual. Now, capture this. This is the next paragraph. The spiritual witness has the spiritual aspect of the incarnate being, his spiritual name, his highest form of consciousness. It represents his divine soul, or in Egyptian terms, his divine ka. Throughout the course of his incarnations, the Horus element in his evolution, because it desires to liberate him from the karmic chains of becoming by unifying his levels of consciousness. So you see, what is necessary here is what I was speaking earlier. The soul and the spirit must come together as one, not battling with one another. You see, the energies of our desires of the flesh can cause us to go astray and not be in alignment with our sole purpose, which would be guided by the spiritual witness. Continuing with the reading. These two immortal witnesses correspond to the two angels which Christian tradition gives a man to advise him, the good or guardian angel and the bad angel. The bad angel is the permanent witness, the permanent awareness of I, which witnesses a man's reaction to the experiences of life and how he resists the control of his higher consciousness. Its physical center in the human body is the liver and its Listening post is in the brain. In essence, I just shared that with you in different terminology. Next paragraph. The second is the spiritual witness, which is the impartial because totally independent of the personality. I'll read that again. The second is the spiritual witness, which is impartial because totally independent of the personality. The word probably here should be it. The second is the spiritual witness, which is impartial because it is totally independent of the personality. That makes much better sense. The second, because the first was the permanent witness. That is the self, the I, the ego. The second is the spiritual witness, which is impartial because it is totally independent of the personality. Okay? The personality is only its vehicle of incarnation and the object of the necessary transmutation to accomplish the task of the Christian and Horian redemption. For this redemption is attained by uniting the divine with the human. Its physical reaction center is the spleen and its listening post is the occult center called the spiritual heart. So what we're dealing with now are chakras. Okay, when we talk about carnation, <clears throat> let me explain. We all have one life. That life comes through spirit. Spirit is through which we live, move, and have our being. We are beings. We are human beings and spiritual beings. 
when the human being is no more, the spiritual being still exists. What we come to understand as the soul is that which allows our automation, that allows our movement, our physicality to operate in this realm. The human being is connected to the senses, the five senses of which we all are aware of, and there is the sixth sense that many are not aware of. The sixth sense is that sense that senses the soul connection to the spirit. And the spirit and the soul communicate to aid the human being in its course in this life's experience. If there is a disconnect, then the human being will be a being that works against the greater good of humanity. Let us continue with the reading. Because I, I, I'm doing that because I want to make sure that you understand that when we talk of chakras, we're talking of energy centers of the body. There are seven that are clearly known, but then there are several that are above and below the body, physical, because our energy extends beyond the body, physical. Check out heart math, and you'll come to understand that the reason why they're able to connect you to an EKG machine is because your heart energy is one of the strongest energy pulses of the body, which can be easily recorded. The interesting thing about that is that that energy can be recorded with the right instrument without even touching your body. Wow, I heard some thunder over here. Moving right along. Next paragraph. These two immortal levels of consciousness give man his advantage over the animals and distinguish the quality of different individuals according to how one or the other dominates and according to the relations of both with the automaton. In most human beings, unfortunately, the automaton is the agent and does not even notice the existence of a continuous guiding thread. This guiding thread is the permanent witness of the immortal self. This witness records with or without the cooperation of the automaton and in a subtler medium than brain consciousness, the results of the experiences of life. So while the automaton is undergoing the impressions which it thinks it has created, this guiding thread pursues its intention of perfecting the type of man that it represents by developing all the possibilities of its real self. So when I read the poem, coming out of the book right now, when I read the poem, The Self, we're talking about that which is connected to the higher self, which is that which is the unified field, the all in all as all. And all things are within and throughout. Let us continue with the reading. The automaton has the illusion of directing its own existence. So, in essence, what we're, uh, sidebar, 
in essence, what we're saying here is there are many people who think that they can do whatever they want to do, such as with this insurgents over at the Capitol, and it's okay. Or a person may choose to do something that is vile against another person and will think it's okay because the illusion of directing its own existence has been inculcated in a negative way. And their response and reactions are negative amongst the unified field of existence. So let us finish this paragraph. And I will give you a break and give you some music. The automaton has the illusion of directing its own existence because it has cultivated awareness of the faculties of its brain, several of which were already developed in the higher animals, the cerebral consciousness, by the comparison and association of ideas, leads it to believe that it can judge, decide, and choose. Thus, the mortal automaton and the immortal self pursue their several aims beside one another, but with this difference, that the automaton is ignorant of the presence of the self and sometimes serves it, but more often obstructs it by inertia. In this condition, man abdicates his right to be lord of nature and the animals. For study and reason will never reveal to him the secret of life or grant him access to the supernatural realms. That's some extreme power in recognizing what God sent man here to do in the first place. We were sent here to manage this earth and manage the all here. What did the scripture say? And he gave him dominion over the earth. But it was abdicated when Man chose not to follow the instructions given of God. Simply put, okay, don't go into all sorts of fantasies of what the story may have been. The point is man chose to go against the instruction given of God and chose contrary to that. What you have heard is the story of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's what you've heard, but I have a deeper wisdom to share. Protect our girls 
That they feel safe in every corner of the world That we can live in harmony See ourselves as a family This is my prayer For humanity www.kingsphilosophy.org You can come across our book Extraordinary Epiphanies of a King as well as our book The Power of Choice, Path of Divine Royalty to Conquer Darkness The reason why I bring that up is because the last sentence said This cerebral consciousness by the comparison and association of ideas leads it to believe that it can judge, decide and choose Thus the mortal automaton and the immortal self pursue their several aims beside one another. But with this difference, that the automaton is ignorant of the presence of the self and sometimes serves it, but more often obstructs it by inertia. In this condition, man abdicates his right to be lord of nature and the animal's for study and reason will never reveal to him the secret of life or grant him access to the supernatural realms. That an animal should be subject to the tendencies of its species and all their effects is natural. It fulfills its destiny by simply following its instinctual consciousness. For the group consciousness of its kind is the only thread of continuity which passes from one individual to another in the gene. There is no higher form of consciousness which might wish to improve the quality of the individual. It may have the qualities or properties of its kind accentuated more or less according to the potentialities of the genes from which it grew, but it will not be able to add any other properties to its own genetic elements. That's the animal. Anything which it acquires by training outside its specific qualities will be artificial and will not pass on to its descendants. On the contrary, life in a state of nature and the difficulties which it will 
have to encounter in that state will only serve to develop the instinctive qualities of its species. In essence, teach a dog to sit, that's fine, but his puppies ain't going to learn that. Moving forward with the reading. In this direction, the human automaton is handicapped by its artificial education and by the mental resistance that distracts its attention from its instinctual consciousness. And so the latter atrophies for lack of use. If, however, the automaton allows itself to be guided by its permanent witness, his state becomes superior to that of an animal, provided that its cerebral faculties act only as a mirror and a transcriber of experience and do not interfere by putting forward rationalization and interpretations. Thus, the permanent witness, which is grafted onto the instinctual consciousness, can turn the automaton into a man responsible for his conduct and capable of learning to understand these possibilities. This is the first step in the human, but suprahuman realm. For the natural man, when enlightened by this supernatural consciousness, which becomes immortal, becomes able to, I'm sorry, becomes able by means of it to identify himself with things that, with things and beings in nature, and thus to know them and become their master. I apologize. It's raining right now, and then the thought crossed my mind. I, I need to uh, take care of the roof tomorrow because there's evidence that I got some work to do. With that being said, I'm going to read that paragraph again, and I do apologize for my distraction there. Thus, the permanent witness, which is grafted onto the instinctual consciousness, can turn the automaton into a man responsible for his conduct and capable of learning to understand his possibilities. This is the first step in the human but supernatural realm. For the natural man, when enlightened by this supernatural consciousness, which by immortal, being immortal, becomes able by means of it to identify himself with things and beings in nature and thus to know them and become their master. I almost got distracted again because we are dealing with hail right now. This is June and summer is next week. Wow. Moving forward and I, I might I might stop the recording because it's getting kind of loud in here. I mean, that's hell. Let me see if I can continue with this. I have to listen to this myself because this is getting crazy. Okay. Let me calm down and relax. For I know that all is well. Continuing with the reading, it goes as follows. This power and the knowledge it gives should be inducement enough to make anyone who has glimpsed its possibility decide to control his automaton through the discipline of his awakened consciousness. We are not discussing here the means of doing this, but only the possibility of doing it. One must meditate on the possibility before becoming convinced that it exists. But the possibility has another side to it, which must be faced because it contains a serious danger, namely that, despite the advantage of awakening the permanent witness of a human being, the aim of this consciousness is nevertheless a selfish one, since it tends to increase the personal attitude. 
This permanent witness, although immortal inasmuch as it outlasts our present existence, is still only the consciousness of a specific personal being, a specimen of the dualism of nature. Even supposing that it should grow until it could identify itself with things and beings in nature and thus control them, it could not, by its own power, establish contact with conditions higher than its own. A man who had acquired all the powers of this level of consciousness and has control of his automaton would still be held in the Osarian rhythm, which is the continuation of his personal cycle, his personal rhythm, whatever might be his designs for helping humanity. What cross my mind just then is what they talk about when they speak of hypnotic rhythm, that which we are habitual in performing. The hail has passed. Hallelujah. That's not in the book. I'm just saying. So it appears it had passed. At least it stopped beating on the window. Anyway, I want to finish this uh, this section of the book. So I'm going to go and read through this. There's thus an evident Anthony Antinomy. There is thus an evident antinomy between the two witnesses. The spiritual witness is essentially impersonal and indifferent to the contingencies of earthly life, and so it cannot put itself at the surface of a man controlled by his personal witness. Not that it has a different aim or a different will. What we call aim and will do not exist for the spirit but so great is the difference of condition and rhythm that the permanent witness cannot influence modify or even make contact with the spiritual witness this is basically what i was saying all along so all of that sidebar stuff i've already spoke on it interesting enough not giving myself credit like that but i'm just saying that's how divine operation works. Reading, Continuing the reading. On the other hand, if a man is sufficiently supple, I'm sorry. On the other hand, if a man is sufficiently simple, if he makes no mental opposition to being imbued with it, then his spiritual witness can become incarnate in him and act through him to such an extent that his ego consciousness will seem not to exist except in the manifestations of instinct. This happens with certain persons who are called simple or innocent or even idiotic because their rational intelligence does not interfere with their behavior. In consequence, they sometimes have moments of surprising intuition. In fact, of course, the two witnesses are the two aspects of a single consciousness, like the two aspects of the fallen archangel, Satan, who represents nature as separating into form, fixing, and possessing, and Lucifer, whose luminous nature is attracted to its luminous source. I hope you guys picked up on that. I'm going to read it again. In fact, of course, the two witnesses are the two aspects of a single consciousness, like the two aspects of the fallen archangel, Satan, who represents nature as separating into form, fixing and possessing, and Lucifer, whose luminous nature is attracted to its luminous source. The redemption of the satanic aspect can only be achieved by the descent 
of Christ into hell. That is to say that the experience of the spiritual witness descending into humanity. In this experience, the two aspects become aware of each other and unite. For this reason, however, great the control obtained by one or other of the two witnesses. For this reason, however great the control obtained by one or the other of the two witnesses, there, whether be the personal or permanent witness controlling the automaton, or by the witness, the spiritual witness, keeping the body under control without regard to the permanent witness, there can be no ultimate liberation so long as one of the factors of redemption has been omitted. In the former case, the spiritual witness will not be there to draw the out of its personal limitations and prevent it from becoming inflated. In the second, to ignore the ego opens the door to physical maladjustments and more particularly to emotional deceptions of an imaginative or astral or sentimental type and these under a semblance of divine love may produce illusory phenomenon which are obstructions in the way of spiritual realization pause basically what we're talking about here is spiritual evolution and the separation that comes from the cognition separation you follow what I'm saying listen carefully this is one unified field just as this earth is one planet this is not a separate planet it's not like you can split the earth in half and have one side do one thing and one side do the other the functions of it in and of itself is one whole and the unified field is the same the satanic element of separation is a consciousness that divides and is divisive in acknowledging that we are one whole, perfect, and complete. So let us continue our reading. In any case, there can be no final liberation for any human being without attaining unity of consciousness, in which the permanent witness recognizes and accepts the guidance of the spiritual witness. This acceptance will obviously alter the type of control or power aimed at by the ego since the higher self being essentially impersonal cannot be restricted to selfish ends. The procedure for full realization must be as follows. First, control of the automaton by this permanent witness. This will eventually produce a human being aware of the source of his impulses, conscious of his instincts and their organs, and able to see their correspondence in nature. It is a prerequisite of success that the rational mind shall strictly limit itself to not noting the results without interrupting them. The second step is the enlargement of the permanent witness into the consciousness of the true self. And for this, the collaboration of the two is essential. The spiritual witness is there all the time. This, in fact, is what it has been waiting for. But the effort must be made by the permanent in order to eliminate by continual watchfulness the various obstacles which prevent the spiritual witness from manifesting itself to the man now fully aware of his permanent witness. 
the obstacles to be eliminated are selfish aims and obstinate persistence in personal points of view. If these can be removed, man becomes free to look inward and observe realities of a universal order. We're complete with that chapter. Summation. When it says spiritual witness, permanent witness, the automaton, we are saying the automaton is the human being. The permanent witness is the soul. And the spiritual witness is the spirit of man connected to the divine. All of these must come into unification so that behavior will be in alignment with divine purpose and the good for all humanity. This is my prayer for humanity. I thank you and we're going to close without a song today. Well, we're going to scroll the... Everlasting God. How about everybody needs love? What? Everlasting God? See, I... Okay. It appears as if... Um, they're saying we should play Everlasting God. Who's saying this? The energy forces that are within my head because I would prefer to play Everybody Needs Love by Marvin Gaye. But it is what it is. Real simple song. I want to teach it to you tonight. The Lord is my life's salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? The Lord is my life's salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? I will wait on you. Everybody sing. Oh. 